1: To a special edition of That's Odd. I am your host, one of them at least, Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by the other host with the most it's Christopher
0: Chavez. Oh, that's me.
1: We should have Halloween names, right? Like uh, Simpsons do for the Treehouse of Horror.
0: Oh, next episode we'll do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. We'll forget because I always say things <laughs> and forget right away. Well, I, it's nice just to be me and you in a clubhouse again, Chris, with nobody else whatsoever it, with us.
0: It sure is. I, I enjoy our time when it's just you and me and nobody else sits in. Uh, there's no one else yeah. in the room where we can just talk uh, and hear just and your ourselves. voice and my voice. Yeah,
1: and just be ourselves and just uh, really relax. And, oh, whoa, what whoa the actually, f- we uh, uh, there's somebody else here. It's the, it's ghost. the ghost of Andrew Coed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why hello, Andrew Cohen How's it
1: going, Andrew?
2: <laughs>
1: I am doing well. How about you guys? uh Fair to middlin'. That's how the we always <laughs> say here
0: in <laughs> the south. Doing <laughs> good, doing good, doing good here. Andrew Coed is uh, Johnny. If you didn't know, he's a listener of the well, network. Coed is Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny. If you <laughs> didn't know, me. Um, yeah, he's a he's a. I, I feel like a longtime listener, right, Andrew? You've been around for a while.
2: I have. I um, I think I started listening in around episode thirty something is when I when I started, and then I went with the backlog and got caught up, and have been a avid listener ever since. So,
0: so did you start out with History Creeps or was it Retro Bliss? Where did you start out?
2: It was Retro Bliss, actually. Nice. So, uh, Trevor coerced me into listening to Retro Bliss via Facebook. We are. Uh, um, we were really good at. Jumping on other people's
1: Facebook pages, and <laughs> and just taking over, despite them yes. wishing us not. To do
0: Wait so. a second, what's? I don't know this story. Then what? What's the Facebook? <laughs> what happened here? There's a
1: there's another. It's a really big podcast. It's another retro gaming podcast called Two Dudes and an NES. I can't even talk. Two Dudes and an NES. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Trevor was a member of their page, and he just started just advertising us on there, despite <laughs> them. Uh, always asking us not to do so (laughs) 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 Uh, we've since become friends with those guys but it was just really funny that's kind of how it started that's amazing we got some listeners from that so i can't be too mad about it oh (laughs) that's andrew here that's amazing
0: oh that's freaking awesome man that's awesome so yeah we've been talking about this we were saying you know we'd like to start getting some listeners to maybe call in maybe they'll join us for some conversations Um, and yourself and and a couple of other listeners had commented that you guys were interested in maybe joining us this month. And so, uh, we did, we reached out to you and said, let's do this. And and you were down. So, uh, we're excited to have you on the show, dude. This is going to be, this should be fun.
2: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And, uh, I can't wait to hear the others as well. So, that'll be exciting.
0: Heck yeah. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh just a, a quick little, you know, a little a, a snippet, a bio of yourself and and how how is it that you've gotten interested in paranormal weird stuff? What's your experience with that?
2: Well, let's see. Um for those who don't know me, my name is Andrew Michael Coed. Um I live in Colorado. I am A little over 40, so I'm an old man uh, compared to probably most listeners. Uh, Let's see. I've been into the paranormal pretty much as long as I can remember. I mean, growing up, um, my family was always into uh, science fiction and fantasy and things like that. Uh, The interest in paranormal specifically probably started either with watching certain horror movies like, you know, The Entity or something like that as far as ghosts and – even shows like Unsolved Mysteries, oh, yeah. uh, things along those lines, and then um, you know, growing up here in Colorado, um, my brother was always very into uh, the paranormal as well. We did back in the day some you know ghost hunting. Would go to different um, you know cemeteries and and try and do some recordings, things like that. Uh, my brother actually got married at the Stanley Hotel. We we oh. have stayed there quite a few times and. Stayed in the uh, most famous and haunted of rooms, including the honeymoon suite, which is supposed to be the most haunted. Nice. Um, do a little ghost hunting there, that kind of stuff. Uh, played some pranks on some kids who were also doing that, which was a <laughs> lot of fun. And um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I mean, it's just something that's always kind of kind of uh, been an interest of mine and uh, continues to be. Uh, my largest interest in paranormal or supernatural or what what you might call it would be in like aliens UFOs yeah. uh the possibility of life off off of this planet uh has always fascinated me probably since close encounters of the third kind oh. as a little little t- seeing that and um never really lost interest in that idea so so you you're you're
0: roughly around my age Do you remember going to the libraries and getting those like those time uh those time books you know what i mean time magazine put out these volumes of books and they were always like the paranormal and the mysteries of the pyramids and, and all those kinds of things um were, were you one of these kids too because I, I remember what i did that one of the other things was my parents had those uh you know it, it was. i feel like it was our generation our parents always had that whole volume of the encyclopedia And for me, you know, for me, volume uh, letter U was always the most worn out one because I was always reading about the UFOs and and what that meant and all that stuff.
2: Absolutely. Yes, exactly. I have distinct memories of those exact uh, volumes that you're referring to. So, yeah, we had a
0: guy
1: sell us that he came to our house and he was like, do you want to buy these uh, these books? And it was a bunch of them. And my parents actually did it, which I was blown away by. Because that's the. Dude, a had, lot of books. So I had the same thing.
0: I was gonna say you're a sweet. You, you were a, you were a happy kid then. That's for sure.
1: I don't know. It was a lot of reading you know, and <laughs> very very little pictures, <laughs> which are was two things that oh, go wait, against. Hold on a second. I
0: Maybe I misunderstood. Were you talking about they were selling encyclopedia or they were selling the paranormal books? Oh, encyclopedias. Is oh, I thought you meant – yeah. Well, I thought you well, meant – well, I was re- – so, re- I was re- I was thinking, though, because originally I was talking about the Time books and then the encyclopedias. So when you said they were selling those other books, oh. I was like, oh, snap. Your parents <laughs> no, knew what's up. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's no pictures in that. This is a disaster for me because if you have more reading than pictures, then that goes literally against everything that I've ever stood for, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. The more pictures, the better. Um, oh, yeah. Andrew, let me ask you this question as well. Were you tempted to make your way out to Storm Area Fifty One?
2: <laughs> um, no, not really. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't really have any desire to die. I have, I have actually had desire to go like to Rachel, Nevada, and possibly go to Area Fifty One and and view it from afar, but yeah. not actually storm it. Uh, my my thoughts of actually going out there would have been years before in the early to mid 2000s, I was, um, on a very heavy UFO, um, alien visitation kick, we'll say. And I was making annual trips out to Roswell. Um, and I really considered going to Rachel trying to spend a few days there in the tiniest of towns. I think, I don't know, there's like 20 something people that live in Rachel, Nevada, but it's the closest town to area 51 and, uh, trying to, you know, maybe set up a telescope or something and try and get, get some, uh, good looks at it and see if i could see any kind of you know test flights or anything else going on i thought that would be a cool thing to do but never pulled the trigger on that as far as actually storming it no mm-hmm. i saw a meme <laughs> and it was a uh, uh dana scully and fox Mulder sitting at like a oh i don't know it was like a, a a countertop somewhere like in a restaurant or something and they kind of just had this quizzical look on their face like a little bit of a look of approval but Also, like, yeah, you know, you kind of could do that. It was said something like, you know, um, this is, you know, my generation watching all the millennials storm area 51. It's like, yeah, I'll sit back and watch. Let's, let's see what can happen here. But I don't, uh, I don't particularly want to actually try that myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it uh, it ended up being a dud, right? It was only like a couple hundred people or something that showed up. It was anyway. a small
2: it was a party. it. It was essentially a party. Yeah, a tailgate.
0: Yeah. Um so awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. So today we're going to be discussing a topic that you just you chose something that you interested you and uh we'll be getting to that. But normally w- the way we kick off the shows is with, you know, current events, certain things that are happening in the world that are odd, strange, creepy. What have you, uh Johnny? Did you have anything for today?
1: No, I came with just an open mind and uh eager and an eager smile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I've got two one of them I was going to ask you, Johnny, if you'd heard this because this is out by your way. uh okay. ex- actually, I don't know. I don't know how close you are to the coast. Um, you're, about, you're, you're,
1: uh, I can get there in about four to five hours oh, there.
0: okay, you're you're on the opposite end of the state. Uh, did you see that this in the news, though? This was a couple days ago. Uh, off the Outer Banks coast of North Carolina, a man recorded what looks like a cluster of glowing lights hovering in the sky. No. Yes. Guy Williams says he was on a ferry when he saw the mysterious lights in the sky and he was nowhere near land. He grabbed his camera and started recording and now his footage has gone viral. There are many opinions on the sources of the lights. Some things it might just be drones. Others say it's aircraft from a nearby military base and some believe it could be visitors from another planet. So you can go on uh, wavy.com w-a-v-y.com. I'm assuming that's channel 10. 10 10wavy.com
1: yeah that's the local news over there, I believe
0: sweet, yeah, so you can go on their website and they have the headline. you can click the link um, I mean, yeah, it's a cluster of lights. I couldn't tell you what it is, and nowadays, that's the thing, right, guys, like because we have drones, that's what makes these things even harder to try to figure out what when you see stuff like this, right
2: yep, absolutely,
1: well, it's not just that, I mean, not just drones, it's people uh. Just have access to all kinds of things where they, you can almost create whatever you want to create. Oh, so, true. Uh, you know, so seeing anything is always going to be looked with some sort of skepticism because of that nowadays.
0: You know what catches me all the time uh, is those lanterns, those uh, you know, those flame lanterns that people light up at night and then let them up into the air. Yes. So I'm
1: looking at the video of these lights. Have you seen the video? Yeah pretty fascinating
0: that's what i'm saying it's it is fascinating but it's almost kind of like with drone technology nowadays we have to start doing better at trying to get better video of these things you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 for sure uh
0: because my thoughts for these things all the time are we get video footage of lights and stuff from such a far distance what about the people who would be literally underneath these you know what i mean why are they not capturing stuff from underneath
1: well, in this case, I mean, it's over the ocean, so I don't right, think right. it was possible, but unless you're in a boat, and just happen to be lucky, lucky enough to be underneath. But uh, I know what you mean, though, like, especially if there's ones over land, because, you know, like the, the bigger sightings, uh, let's take the ones in Phoenix, for example, there had to be somebody who was underneath
0: them and saw them. Yeah, that's what I would think. Um and with the, with our technology anymore, our phones—it's just—it surprises me anymore that we're not getting oh, yeah. clearer footage, of which, clearer video.
1: Speaking of which, if you're going to record something, turn your phone sideways. For the love of everything,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just acceptable now to just have the uh, you know, the the vertical.
1: Oh gosh, it drives me bonkers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How oh, does man. nobody
1: know? You can just turn your phone sideways, because if you're going to share it with everybody, that's the only way it'll look right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's my first instinct anytime I'm videoing something is to get that phone turned sideways right away.
1: Yes.
0: The, Same one, here. the ones I hate are the people who decide they want to get a better view and start moving around. And instead of keeping the, the, you know, the, the camera on what they're filming, all of a sudden their hands are just swinging around while they're moving. You know what I mean? So they all, yeah, you get all motion, yeah. motion sickness. Um, so that was one of the things that was happening. I had one more before we get into our topic today. This one uh, is as of yesterday, October 11th. As of this recording, we're recording on October 12th. Um, this comes out of Tokyo. So a man was arrested on suspicion of stalking a female pop idol, Uh Tokyo police declined comment on the specifics of the investigation, but they confirmed Friday that a 26-year-old Hibiki Sato was arrested on September 17th uh, on suspicion of indecent behavior in connection with stalking and causing injuries to a 20-year-old woman. Police officials who spoke on condition of anonymity. Um, as often po- uh, policy at Japanese uh, as is often the policy of Japanese bureaucracies is said that the case was related to the reports about a stalker. Uh, he described Sato as, quote, an avid fan. Here's the thing. You want to know how he stalked her? He followed her Instagram page and would study all of her surroundings. He would st- and then he would also blow up the images so that he could study the reflections in her pupils. And because of that, He found out where she lived. He found out where her apartment was, what train stations she frequented. Isn't that insane?
2: Oh, that's, that's creepy.
1: That's beyond being creepy. It's besides that. That makes me think this happens a lot when we hear these stories where there's people who obviously have something wrong with them. Like what if they were just like a normal person? And they actually used because that's a gift to be able to yeah. to study that deep into something yeah. and to find things. Like what if he was using that for good instead of what he instead of what he used it for? You know, he could actually help people. And this is what he did with it.
0: Crazy. Police say he hurt her and committed indecent acts such as groping her after accosting her from behind and knocking her down. Japan has many young female performance groups. Tokyo Shinbom, a Metropolitan Daily, which reported on the stalking case, also warned readers even casual selfies may show surrounding buildings that will allow people to identify locations of the photos. It also said, now listen to this one, it also said that people shouldn't make the V sign with their hands, which Japanese often do in photos because fingerprints can be stolen off the photos think about that too you could literally 3d print uh you know one of these things that you could just put on the end of your fingers and have somebody else's fingerprints on your hands this is
1: this is the future right (laughs) we're in the future
0: it totally is man it is crazy this is freaking
1: uh (laughs) this is like 40 years from now if you told me this i've been like yeah sure but we already we're already there
0: have we is there is there any horror films that that do this yet where somebody studies like the the uh the reflections in the pupils to 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 stalk someone
2: I don't think so but there will be
0: i was gonna say if not yeah uh, you gotta we're gonna start seeing this one here soon
2: yeah
1: that's that's just crazy that is messed up right there that is
0: yeah. weird and wild stuff um so there you go. That's our that's our now that's odd. Um creepy lights over the outer banks of North Carolina and stalkers are using the reflections in your eyeballs. So uh be safe out there, creepers. Watch what kind of p- uh pictures you post on this on the Instagrams. Um all right, you guys wanna it, get it's into crazy. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. wanna you wanna get Before to it? I was
2: just gonna say I was just gonna say when you started that story about the stalker stalking somebody i was assuming you were talking about another incident that i had seen a video on and it was some young young lady i don't know if she was a pop star or what but she was walking around i want to say it was in tokyo as well and there was a guy in a clown outfit that (laughs) as she was taking videos kept showing up in the background and then as she kept taking more and more videos he kept getting closer and closer and closer and but at one point, she's really, really started noticing him, and then she started trying to get away from him, and he would be following her all over town. And finally, she called like Lyft or Uber type of thing, and uh, got a ride out of there. Like made her run for it type of thing, and uh, and made it out safely. But that was super creepy to watch that video unfold. So
0: what?
2: Yep, yep.
0: I'm gonna have to look that up now. I did not see that.
2: Yeah, no, that was a crazy one. That was. I can't remember I was probably just a YouTube rabbit hole that I found that in and uh I was like that is just as creepy as it can get cuz obviously I'm not a big clown guy um ever since watching poltergeist as a child and seeing a oh. little clown toy attack the boy in the room yeah um clowns not been my favorite
0: I agree
1: I feel bad for all the all the uh loving and and cl- clowns who just want to be goofy and make kids laugh and get 40 of them in one small car I feel bad for those clowns because (laughs) all these other clowns, that get them such a bad name. (laughs) I actually saw, uh, I think it was an interview with a guy who was actually, he was a real clown. This was back when uh, there was all those clown sightings around the United States, you know? Yeah. And uh, he was irate over it because he said, like, he couldn't book child's parties anymore because (laughs) of these guys. (laughs) because <laughs> just because they were just creepy now and he goes we are never creepy we were just supposed to be able to make kids laugh and have a good time and now they can't even do that anymore
0: but i feel like it was even before that man if you remember like clowns clowns did scare children i mean it was it's just a th- santa claus scares children when you're that small so i think it it just kind of taps into a primal fear uh, from when you're so young that that you know they that's why they start using this image in horror movies and such because it's it's one of those things that we had a deep rooted fear in when you're younger
1: i think it's just something about taking something that overall is uh you know considered like uh for everybody kind of like a, a, a harmless thing yeah and then you make it this this incredibly scary harmful thing
0: Duh, true that
1: uh, just like you know kids singing if, if it's dark <laughs> and there's kids singing i i do not want to be in that area <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if it's the daylight out
1: if it's daylight and I can see the kids and I know the kids and they're singing, that's just fine.
0: You're like, oh, look at these nice kids. Yeah. Get the hell off my lawn, you psychos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you man. get a
2: cluster of children singing in your lawn at 2 a.m. That's going oh, to be a little creepy. No, thank you. Black, I do not like that idea the, at all. What
0: is the black-eyed kids?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the topic. So, Andrew, what was the topic that you wanted to discuss today?
2: Well, I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with uh, this particular individual. Um, Do either of you know the story of Jim Sully Sullivan? He was a singer-songwriter from the late 60s, early to mid-70s. I'll
0: tell you, I did not know about him whatsoever until you brought this up. Uh, But then when I did look into it, super fascinating.
2: Same.
1: I was not aware of this one until... It was brought to my attention just today, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, yeah, this is this is pretty. Uh, just everything about it is strange and odd."
2: Yeah, yeah. So let me let me let me tell everybody a little bit about him. So Jim Sullivan, he was born on August thirteenth, nineteen forty, near San Diego. So he's a native Californian, and growing up, um, he claims that he grew up in a government housing project. I personally don't know of too many government housing projects near San Diego, but I'm not gonna say he's wrong. Um he he grew up and played sports uh growing up. He was a high school quarterback for his football team, bigger guy, like six three, six four, um, but always kinda had a love of music and uh playing guitar and obviously talking sixties and seventies, you know, this is the time of hippies, you know, we're talking like folk rock, you know, type of music that he was, he was really into. And, oh, yeah. um, he ended up marrying his junior high girlfriend. Her name was Barbara and they moved to Los Angeles to try and kickstart his music career. Um, he joined a band called the survivors and they played some gigs around there. I want to say it was Barb's sister who was the front woman of that band and they played music at different gigs all around town. Barbara, his wife, ended up getting a job at Capitol Records in LA, and at one point tried to help, you know, see if he, she can get him signed, that type of thing. There didn't really come to fruition, but um, Jim made, or Sully will say, made his first album, which he uh, aptly named UFO, hmm. and released it, and it had pretty good critical acclaim. He there was a couple of uh, record labels that came very close to signing him but just didn't quite make it over that hump yeah
1: he uh but, he had a lot of pretty famous friends too which really helped him out uh example being apparently he was good friends with lee majors and that's a big deal back then because that dude was a major star that's a six million
0: dollar uh, man right
1: yeah that's how i got my middle name my mom named me Stop. my <laughs> my name after him Are you that serious? is the
0: truth your name is johnny that lee is- majors townsend <clears throat>
1: That's no, Johnny Lee Townsend, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's where that's where it came from because he was a huge deal. Yeah, uh, and, and that wasn't the only famous person he became friends with because of I think his wife's connection with Capitol Records and some of the
2: kids that he played at too. Yeah, People yeah, like yeah. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who I like from uh, you know most famously, in my opinion, is from the movie Alien. Mm-hmm. And then there was a uh, a young lady that he also became friends with named Farrah Fawcett. Oh, Some just somebody have heard of her.
0: Somebody yeah, somebody named name. Farrah Fawcett, you know.
1: Uh and also have you guys actually listened to his music? I I went and listened to a couple songs from this album specifically the say, UFO album.
0: I was just about to ask you guys. I I did. I pulled it up on Spotify to give it a listen and it is literally quintessential, you know, late 60s 70s style kind of like exactly. soft soft rock folk music.
1: Yeah, it sounds yep. just like this is it's it's good so this isn't offending you know trying to be offensive toward him or anything but it sounds literally like anything you, uh, from that era like if you hear it you know exactly when it came from it sounds like all the other stuff that came from him
0: and it sounds good though i mean i felt like it's good because oh, it was cause you good can, he's definitely yeah talented, you too. can you can hear stuff from that era and it's not the greatest but he his would have fit yeah. in perfectly on the radio you know what i mean it sounded really good
2: yeah absolutely and um you know there was even rumors that um I think it was uh Johnny Cash's uh record label or his agent or whatever was thinking about uh signing him and you know I mean he he seemed to be on the cusp of stardom at 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 one point there in Los Angeles but um that first album never quite you know got the the, the recognition that he had hoped for and then ended up putting out a second album uh that was a self-titled kind of trying to restart it uh the album simply named Jim Sullivan and this was um Another album that did not quite hit it as big as he wanted. So, you know, he, he was living in, in LA with his wife Barbara. They had a son, and uh he was playing gigs still all over town. She was still working at Capitol Records trying to 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 you know, obviously earn some money for the family, but also kickstart his career. Never seemed to happen. And and after a few years of this, you know, um their marriage kind of started getting a little rocky. That's and tough, you know it, it, it
0: yeah. is. T- I mean, think about that. Anybody who's ever tried to be creative and successful at being creative, um, there has to be almost a blind faith in the person that's with you that no matter what, at some point, it's going to happen, right? Because to continue Absolutely. to hold on and hold on and just see, he puts out one album, and it sounds good. Everybody listening to it, producing it, they're giving him accolades. And it's like, look, this will be – and then it doesn't perform. He puts out the second one, same thing. It still sounds good. He's got what it takes. Um, I remember reading that some of the session musicians he worked worked with were some some big-time musicians. They were in some some of the bigger br- groups at the time. Um and, and you know, again, it just doesn't hit where he wants it to hit. So when that, when you start hearing like things start getting rocky, I always feel sad because it's kind of like you know somebody has a dream that they really are really trying for, and you got to have somebody that's behind you. That's that's all. Like I said, it's almost like blind faith that no matter what, they're behind you.
1: And also during this time, this is when you really needed radio play to really yeah uh, get yourself out there and going. And this was during the big time era of. Uh, pay to play, as mm-hmm. they say, as in uh, disc jockeys and uh, all, and and the radio stations would kind of get some under the table type deals to play certain uh, yep. songs and such on heavy rotation. And if and they wouldn't play some of them if if they didn't think they got paid for it. Yeah, if you so, didn't
0: if you didn't have the money, you weren't going to you you know you weren't going to have the break you wanted.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot going against them, really, even if the stuff was good.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm just thinking about it. And I mean, he has he's braver mm-hmm. than I ever have been, you know, I've never been brave enough to put all of my eggs in one basket of that of what my passion is, my creativity, right. or anything put that first. I've never been able to, I've always had to have that backup plan. I've always had to try and do any creative endeavors just on the side. And, you know, maybe, yep. you know, and, and, and maybe it'll hit at some point. But, you know, really, my focus is on like my job, earning money, yep. you know, bringing home, paying the rent, all that stuff. So, you know, for him to put all his eggs in one basket, move him and his wife and, and, and child to L.A. and try and make it work and, and really put all of his eggs there. I mean, I got to give it up for him. I yeah, mean, that's, that's a very brave thing to do. And, you know, and and for his wife to support him in that and try and try and make it happen as well. Also,
0: yeah, you know, that's
2: cr- you got to commend her for that, too.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So then, the you know, so he puts the album out. The marriage starts to get it on the rocky side. What happens next?
2: Well, at that point you know he decides maybe he needs a change of scenery so um you know being that folk rock in the, another place another music hub uh, other than like LA was Nashville Tennessee mm-hmm. and with the state of his marriage at the time um you know he thought maybe it would be better if he heads out first so he decided he's going to make the trip out to Nashville see if he can get a fresh start with his musical career and 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 be successful in in that endeavor. Um, so the wife and the kid were going to stay home, and he was going to head out to Nashville and try and start over. And he heads out in March of 1975. He's going to make a cross country trip in his Volkswagen Beetle and see what he can what he can do there. Um, unfortunately, Sully never made it to Nashville. Hmm. So along along the way he ended up in let's see santa rosa or near santa rosa uh new mexico and he actually was driving you know 15 hours or something it was the middle of the night and he started swerving a bit and uh, got pulled over and the cops brought him into the police station thinking that maybe he was drunk but he passed his sobriety test Mm -hmm. and at that point the cops told him hey you know what? You're exhausted. You need to go get a hotel room, get some sleep, start over again tomorrow type of thing. So he left the police station and went and checked in to the La Mesa Motel I've been in there. Santa Rosa. I've
0: been there before. Not La Mesa Motel, but I've been where you're driving and you're doing your – you know, you, you've got a long – you've been going a long time already. You've just got a little bit more to go and you're doing your best to keep your eyes open. And you know it's not safe, but once in a while you realize, holy crap, my eyes were closed.
1: Yeah. Especially, especially if you're in an area where everything is kind of looking the same. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I've been out west as well. Yeah. We drove out. We drove out west. We drove through, um, you know, Arizona through the deserts and stuff. And and yeah, after a while, it's just kind of like your eyes just start to get really heavy, you know. And I can imagine 15 hours already into the drive, and he's already starting. Just now is when he's swerving. Good lord. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think we've all been there. I remember nodding off a little bit, driving home from uh, a work shift where I had worked. This was even less like in my late teens. I I had worked 27 hours straight and uh, had about a five-mile drive home. And I remember actually realizing that I had fallen asleep at the wheel while driving. Oh, man. And uh, I was like, how does that even happen? How does your body not kick in that adrenaline and realize that you are driving a 2,000-pound death machine (laughs) At this very moment, and you shouldn't fall asleep. Right. But apparently, you can get tired enough, and the, the task of driving is mundane enough to where you can fall asleep and you can, you know, get a little punch drunk and uh, end up swerving and, and, and acting like you're drunk. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, that's it, entirely plausible.
0: It's nuts. So, it's good that the cops got him off the street and sent him off to get some sleep.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, he did check in to the La Mesa Motel, but he didn't actually stay in the room. Um, from all indications, he checked into the hotel, then locked his key, his hotel room key in the room and decided to head out and go get some, some booze. So he had not been drinking initially, but that doesn't mean he wasn't going to drink. So obviously (laughs) when your life's not going the way you want, you know, um, you know, your, your marriage is a bit rocky. You're, you're traveling across country on your own, uh, being separated from that family. Your career is not exactly where it wants to be. Um, At this point, Sully had a bit of a drinking problem, and uh, he went and bought a big bottle of vodka at the liquor store, and where he went after that gets a little bit hazy. So all indications show that he ended up in his car uh, on a family's ranch or near a family's ranch called the uh, Gennetti family who were living out near Santa Rosa. And when this happened, um, he most likely had already been drinking at this time. There are some reports that he had uh, an altercation or some type of incident where he spoke with or met some of the people who lived there, whether they were ranch hands or part of the, the Gennady family specifically, uh, is a little bit unclear. But uh, apparently, not too long after that, um, he was seen walking off into the desert and he had left his vehicle with all of his belongings in. So his guitar, his wallet, his money, everything. And the last thing anybody saw was just him walking off into the desert. That was it. And no one ever saw him again. Off
0: the face of the earth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Disappeared. They had search parties going out, looking for him in the subsequent days. No one ever found him. And it's led to a lot of speculation as to what may have happened to him. And there's a few different prevailing theories. You know, my favorite, also admittedly the least likely, was with his interest in the paranormal and uh, having titled his first album UFO, um, that maybe he was abducted by aliens. I find that to be an apt, fitting way for him to go. Uh, i think what if i mean it, what if these
1: aliens were just big fans and they loved that he would name an <laughs> album after them after you know the, the vehicle they drive that's a that's pretty cool Uh so like hey let's let's
0: beam them up and uh put on some shows for us i like to i like to picture the simpsons aliens doing that beam them yes. up we want this would you sign our lp <laughs> 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 i like i mean I, I saw that that was one of the theories and i mean if, if you think about it he's out there in new, the new mexico desert we all know that a lot of the reports um, I mean, the biggest hotbed of UFO activity has almost always seems to be the Southwest. Um, I don't know if it's because there's just much more open sky. I don't know if it's because of the terrain. I don't know why, but it seems to be, you know, one of the issues. You could you could say it's the uh, the vortex is out that way, right? Um, so if it is going to be a UFO, he's in the right place for it, right, if it's an alien abduction. One of the things I saw when I was looking into this um, before we started recording was that this Gennady family um supposedly had ties to the mafia the mob and that whatever happened between these him and and the family whatever words were said or whatever you know confrontation went down uh you know he just kind of said the wrong thing to the wrong person and ended up getting whacked and disappeared that way
2: i find that to be probably the most plausible scenario as well and i had been reading that too and a couple of things support that as a possibility. Um, you know, number one, um, the fact that there there were rumors that the Gennady family had been tied to the Chicago Mafia. And if he did show up drunk, he's a large guy. So he's going to be intimidating just yeah. by being himself, right? If he shows up drunk in the early early morning on somebody's property, right? And, you know, says the wrong thing or just shows up in the wrong place, sees the wrong thing, Right. Um, you can definitely imagine how a, a family with ties to the mafia might not take kindly to that. So I find the fact that he, that's where he ended up and that's where his vehicle ended up um, to be a pretty compelling idea as to what may have happened to him. Yeah. Um, you would think that somebody with ties to the mafia would know how to, you know, make somebody disappear without a trace. So that yeah. seems like a possibility.
1: There's also the possibility that, unfortunately, when somebody's really depressed, uh, they may just take it upon themselves to disappear and maybe even, sadly, you know, end their life. And, so, and many people have done it that way by just walking out into the desert by themselves without anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has happened before. That's not un, you know unheard of. I could see him yeah,
0: taking no. that big bottle out there and deciding he was just going to drink the entire thing and hopefully it, hoping it, it would kill him. And I'm sure it got him to a point where we, he was so, you know, intoxicated and out of it that when he does come to later the next afternoon in the sun, he's half baked. Animals are already chewing on him. Um, that could definitely be the case for sure. Or it could just be a case of he got out there, was so drunk and got lost and couldn't find his way back and ended up dying in the desert accidentally, not trying to kill himself.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It is an interesting case though. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. I I did hear one other possible theory as well. And there's one piece of information that supports it, but I'm not sure uh, if I would buy into this one. And, this is the idea that maybe he had a altercation with some of the uh, police officers when he was brought in to the police station for the sobriety test and that maybe uh-huh. that they decided that he needed to be uh, eliminated, we'll say. Yeah, uh, the the one supporting case on that one is the fact that um, the, the sheriff uh, from Santa Rosa retired happened to just retire right after uh, his disappearance, right after uh, Sully's disappearance. So that is an interesting coincidence, if nothing else. Um, To me, that actually seems to make a more compelling case for the Gennetti family. I would think that if a mafia-tied family is going to move to a ranch in another state like New Mexico – First thing you want to do is you want to make sure that the local law enforcement is kind of on your side, right? Yep. Yep. So maybe, maybe he's kind of in their po- their or yeah, excuse me, he's in their pocket a little bit there, and you know they they need to get rid of this guy. They don't want you know too much people, too many people looking into the situation, you know. So he decides, ah, this could get a little little hairy here. I'm going to go ahead and just bow out. Yeah. Um, Good you know, day. the other thing that I thought was interesting about the Gennady family. Theory is that it sounds like they moved to Hawaii very shortly after his disappearance as well. So the fact that disappears, the entire Kennedy family picks up and leaves, moves to Hawaii, and the sheriff retires seems to me to indicate possible foul uh, foul play there. And it doesn't seem like the investigation (laughs) really was um, as extensive as it needed to be uh, for his disappearance.
0: Yeah, that th- yeah, when you start throwing all that in there now, now it starts to, you know, it, it spices it up a little bit. Now the, now the plot starts to thicken. Um, yep. Interesting. What if, also put it this, what if he decided, hey, the only way I'm going to make money on these albums, what if, if I disappeared? You know what I mean? And it became one of these things that these were the albums of the guy. And maybe he was hoping it would do something for his albums, and then it totally didn't. But he couldn't yeah. come back, right? so, like, what do you do then? you just kind of like you hide your head and and go start a new life somewhere else.
2: yeah, that's a very interesting idea too the The only other thing i I heard was um there was a a woman who worked at a hospital for um people who had disabilities, and she described not too long after this, a couple of years later, that she had a patient who matched his description that was in there who had no memory of who he was and everything. Um, and he was paralyzed from the waist down. The Ooh, last thing that. he remembered was being attacked and left for dead in a desert.
0: I saw that. So
2: there was a theory, yeah, that maybe he, you know, got into an altercation with somebody in that Gennady family, uh, was beat up real bad, maybe left for dead. He crawled his way back to the uh, to the highway and, and somehow found his way back to this uh, hospital, but obviously leaving all of his belongings there, so that's another interesting tidbit. Yeah. And then the the last the last thing actually, I keep telling it's the last thing, but <laughs> there was another interesting thing where a body did show up. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but the body was two hundred and fifty some odd miles away, so that would be a long walk if he made it all that far on his own, just walking out into the desert. But yeah, they said it was um, badly decomposed, impossible. right? Yeah, it was badly decomposed. Now this was at the end of March. He he disappeared on March fifth and the body was found I just heard late March. Um but the body was apparently badly decomposed. However, what was there and identifiable did seem to match him pretty closely. Um it seemed to match him as far as as far as his size, being a bigger, you know, bigger dude. Uh six two, six three, I think they said the body seemed to be. Um had a uh, facial hair that would have matched his to a large degree and even a tattoo on his forearm. Now it's hard to say why they couldn't match the tattoo perfectly or eliminate, you know, decisively the fact that it could be him using that tattoo. But with the body being badly decomposed, maybe they couldn't really see exactly what the tattoo was. They just can see all there's some kind of ink and stuff in there that there is a tattoo. Yeah. Um, But that's, that's an interesting one.
0: Yeah this this is a fascinating case um and then it it then it, I, I remember reading that there was a thing where the family came looking for him for a little bit but then they just kind of gave up it's just overall it's just kind of weird uh how everything went mm-hmm. down and then and then the idea this guy almost was lost to time except recently there there's this uh record company um what's the name of it I can't remember now um
2: I can't remember. The one that did the remasters.
0: Yeah, and and they—that's what they—they they, their specialty is—is is they like to find these these obscure artists and albums from the past uh, that you know just are are kind of like gems that people should hear. Um, and they came across him and put his album out. I think it was like in 2010, like nine years ago. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. so so without that, who knows if anybody would have remembered who 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 Jim Sullivan was at all?
1: Because exactly. they also- yeah, i don't
2: remember the name of. Go ahead,
1: Johnny. I think they also tried to actually even look into his actual disappearance as well uh, just to see if they could get any new things from it. And they obviously couldn't find anything.
0: Yeah, there's a video where they uh, – it's like a, a little mini documentary, uh, uh, the making of and trying to track down family members and interview them. I didn't get a chance to watch that one yet, but I read that that was uh, – that, that had been made and is available.
2: Yeah, actually I have not seen that either, but I, I'll have to go try and find it. That That does sound interesting. Same here. Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, anytime somebody disappears without a trace, I just find it fascinating. And, you know, there's a few different, very plausible scenarios. And then there's one that's maybe a little less plausible, but also super interesting to me, (laughs) the the abduction theory. But
0: yeah, I I think we all want to believe that one.
2: Yeah, I think I think to me, the most likely scenarios are one of two. Either he wanted to disappear himself and he wandered off into the desert, just never to be seen again. Um, he wasn't happy with his home life. he wasn't happy with his career and just decided this was the time to do it, and maybe under the influence of a significant amount of alcohol, having bought that big old bottle of vodka right before this, maybe he just walked off into oblivion. yeah, the other one I think might surround that Ganetti family, you know that maybe some type of altercation happened there, and uh they decided to make him disappear.
0: I'm leaning that way or, that's the one I lean on
2: or here's here's what I think I think
1: that uh family. Uh, did have ties to the mob And the mob Did have ties to aliens and UFOs So mm. uh, yes. They put in a little message They called ET And said hey can you take care of this guy for us And they said gladly uh, Through you know Through tele- telepathy I assume And uh, they uh, <laughs> Took care of the problem so we'll never <laughs> find him Because he's, uh, he's up in space Somewhere Yeah <laughs>
2: He's well, like, you know, I mentioned earlier that mob has ways of making people disappear. Yeah, that right. is their way. That is the most common mob way of making somebody disappear. They make yeah, them aliens
0: sleep with the space yeah. fishes.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there you have it, Creepers. That is uh, that is the Disappearance of Jim Sullivan brought to you by superfan Andrew Cohen. Andrew, thanks You're for right. joining us on this episode of That's Odd Man. It was it, it was uh, it was awesome talking to you, and I would say in person, but it's not really in person. What do you call this now? It's talking in in live in uh talking in live you know I mean? in this world that we live in now with with virtual you know the the virtual world and and social media you know you interact and you get to know people that way but it isn't until you actually speak to each other live or meet in person so when you meet in person you can say hey we met in person finally but this isn't technically that way so i don't know what the weird term would be for that
2: yeah i would say this is just talking to somebody and then if you're communicating online that's you know um I don't know. That's, that's less person that would be um, communicating with them, I guess. There you go. So Communicating, talking or meeting in person. Yeah.
0: Well, it was great talking to you finally uh, over the Skype waves. Um, but thanks so much for calling in and thanks for for bringing the topic, man. It was awesome.
2: Absolutely. Very happy to do it. Uh, can't wait to hear who comes on next and, and hear what topics they bring into the table. Um, when you guys discuss, discuss Roswell, keep me in mind. I would like to be a part of that this right. is
1: Richard Bliss, uh, it's, it's, this thing's ending here. <laughs> 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 we won't be having anybody else on. <laughs> All righty. That would not shock
2: me.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I am done. I'm out of here. I'm taking off, leaving the clubhouse. I think I'm going to grab myself a bottle of vodka and just kind of walk off into the desert. I'll see you guys later.
1: Oh, no. Don't go by yourself. <laughs> I'll go with you, Chris. Uh, Andrew, uh, you're a guest here, so we're going to let you shut the door. Uh, everybody of course just go ahead and stay I don't even want
2: to finish it Andrew you finish it in the immortal words of Nesta Robert Marley live the life you love love the life you live stay odd, everybody